Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of UGA Sports Live. My name is Ryan. I'm joined by Dane Young and Jim Donnan, the former Georgia Bulldogs head coach, who is the reason everybody's tuning into the show, and we appreciate that he makes time for us. Uh, a special evening version of UGA Sports Live. Normally we do this at noon, but we had to change it because Kirby Smart had his press conference at noon, and we have some clips from that conference that we will uh, touch on. And um, it was the first day of spring camp, so. Uh, we had to give our normal Tuesday slot to Kirby Smart because if the man's going to come out and talk, well, we talk about what he's doing. So we uh, we moved to 8 o'clock, and we are very, very glad you joined us. I want to give a big shout-out to our sponsors. I wish I was a Classic City uh, Eats right now. It would be fun to be able to knock it back to that place. Sometimes it's loud during lunch. At dinner, it is absolutely loaded, so I'm doing the show from home. I also want to give a shout-out to our other sponsors, Athens Ford, Your Pie. Hey, it's Pie Day, or it's Pie Yesterday was Pi Day, but there's three days of Pi Day to celebrate. Of course, Academy Brewing Company and Dead Soxie. We'll talk about all those uh, later in the show. But, Coach, I want to go straight to you. First day of spring camp. I mean, the season is – it's here. I mean, the, not by the season season, but it's like put 2021 aside. Now it's 2022. So, uh, Kirby was asked a lot of questions, a lot of injuries, a lot of guys that are banged up. And I'm going to start off with the first thing he announced. Uh, he got up and started going down the injury list. The first thing he announced was Darnell Washington's out. That's, that's not good news. Yeah, it's tough for Darnell, particularly uh, get hurt over spring break like he did and uh, more than likely similar to what he had before. So it might require some surgical – I don't know enough about it to really comment, but, uh, he, you know, the way – uh, I heard about it. Uh, somebody said they saw him over there in a boot uh, at uh, at school. So, uh, you know, from from my perspective, uh, it's kind of a silver lining in the fact that uh, you got the best two tight ends probably that in a room together in the country, and both of them aren't going to be able to play the spring, so they're not going to get banged around. But it does give us a little chance to look uh, look at Gilbert some on the inside, which more than likely he's going to play some of that and outside. So just even more work for him. So how many places in the country can you go and lose two guys of that magnitude and then have a guy coming in that was a, the most outstanding freshman receiver in the country two years ago uh, jumping in there? So we got a pretty good situation there. And then, of course, for Ryan Gody, it's a good chance for him to show what he can do. And then Seether's held on. You, you look at guys like Robert Bill and William Poole, and they, they, they showed what they needed to do this year when they had a chance. Maybe the same thing might happen for these two guys. So, uh, the, But the one thing I want to say about spring practice that really, uh, to me, has so much more magnitude than it used to be is the fact that the NCAA and its infinite wisdom allowed our coaches to spend some time with the players prior to spring practice instead of just going out there cold. So they've had – about six weeks of mental preparation, working on their, uh, you know, assignments, uh, working on their technique, uh, doing a lot of things prior to spring. So when the day opened up, they were ready to jump right in there and, and do some of the things necessary. And you add to the fact that we have around 18 or 19 freshman guys that are going to play significant roles in our team next year. I'm talking about guys that are going to be part of special teams, maybe – 
really hit the two deep, uh, really plug in place where we need them, are going to have the benefit of those 15 practices going against some really good players that we have on our roster. So uh, even though you're the defending national champion, you got all these question marks, but you got a really good way to answer some of those questions with the preparation that we've had prior and now the work that they'll get in. Uh, you know, just for instance, like a, a brand new kicker. I mean, we haven't had a, uh, the same, uh, had to change our punter in uh, four years, but now we got a new punter and he's from Australia. And uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he develops and what he does. And we're going to have to have two guys on the gunner situation on the outside to cover. And, you know, all those guys enter into the, the mix of things that need to happen. So it's going to be a, very uh, exciting uh, three and four weeks. And the last thing I'll mention, which Dane's going to get into with the sound clip, is we've got four new coaches, not to mention some uh, auxiliary guys that haven't ever even been at practice at UGA. So they're having to get their feet wet, just like the players. So the combination of uh, new players, uh, things like that, to go with the new coaches and all really bring a lot of excitement to the to, to everybody just to see what they can do and how they're going to blend in. I never will forget one of the most stubborn guys I've ever met was Bill Dooley. I mean, that guy, he knew what he knew and he would never change anything. And when we brought new coaches in, it was very, it was hard for him to change anything because he knew what he knew. But one year we brought in a guy and he, he was convinced that we needed to go to the spread punt and he convinced Coach Dooley that we were going to do it. And that was one of the best springs we ever had because we never would go to spread punt. But this guy, we told him all all spring that'll never happen, but it ended up happening. And that's the way Kirby is. He's, a, he's very good about listening to new ideas and always trying to branch out and develop this program. That's why he's such a tremendous leader and such a really good uh, innovator in the fact that he utilizes his talent on the field in the classroom, and he uses his coaches extremely well. We actually had a uh, question. I know we got some clips, but I want to grab one of the questions uh, from earlier. Uh, it came in, uh, the question was, what are we expecting with the Reed Gilbert? You mentioned him, uh, mentioned the fact that the tight ends are, uh, you know, the tight, end, your top two tight ends are out, you know, but this guy came in as a wide receiver. Kirby says he's trying to find his way. Uh, we, we saw like a little video clip of him on Twitter the other day, but, Arik's still kind of a mystery. So what, what what can we reasonably expect from Arik Gilbert in spring? Well, the thing we want to expect from you, start calling him Eric. You've been <laughs> calling him Arik, uh, Eric or whatever you've been calling him, but he likes to be go, go by Eric. I was just busting you, right? But seriously, uh, this young man's undergone some issues, which, you know, we're not going to get into that, but that's a private matter. But the fact that he's been – so uh, uh, taken in by this Georgia staff, by Ron Corson and the people over there in our uh, training room have done such a tremendous job making him feel uh, at home that they have his best, uh, you know, best interest at heart, along with Coach Smart. And Dale McGee's done a tremendous job with him and also Coach Hartley. But the main thing is he's ready to rock and roll and he's going to get out there and just uh, he can see that that he can play wide receiver, no question about it. He did that all summer and he looked good. But he also can see with these two guys out, he's a team man, and you know we're going to have to use him some 
in the wide position where he can line up in the slot or line up tight or go in motion. But uh, he's not that concerned about where he catches the ball or where he lines up. He's just going to be a guy that can go down the field. And I'm just telling you now, there's not many people in the country that got a guy like him, uh, except Georgia. We got Brock Powers. <laughs> it's just really uh, an interesting scenario that he's going to probably have to, just because of the nature of these injuries, he's going to have to fill in, just like we've seen guys, hey, look, you know, we lost the guy here. You're going to probably have to play safety here when we, we thought you might just be a corner. You know what I mean? That's plug and play, and we'll see how it goes. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him out there just from his own personal, you know, of, of what he's overcome just to get out there and be on the team. He chose to come here to Georgia. We didn't have to uh, talk him into it. That's what he wanted to do. He, you know, and we kids make changes. So let's give him an open book here and let's see what he does. But uh, I guarantee you. When you see number 14 out there, it won't take long to figure out that uh, he, he's a really good player. Dan, you want to play some of our clips? Yeah, Coach, you mentioned uh, the new staff members. Kirby Smart wanted to chat about that for a minute. And just uh, whenever you have changes, how when that happens, it's because of success, hopefully and the, the new energy that's brought from it. Here's Kirby Smart. As is the case in all businesses, really, when you look at it, when you have success, sometimes you have change and people get opportunities. So we've got uh, you know two new strength coaches, uh, four new position coaches, uh, several new uh, quality control people, so a lot of new faces. Um, one thing you, that you benefit from is you get a lot of uh, different ideas and knowledge from those people. Coach, what does that mean when you're getting new ideas from these people? Well, I mean, first of all, you bring in a secondary coach that has worked with Greg Schiano, who's one of the really good defensive coaches in, in, in professional and college football. He's been the coordinator at Miami, at Ohio State. He's been the head coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks, And he's, he's one that's very well respected in his uh, scheme that he's run, which is a little bit different than what we do. But there's also some techniques that they might use with their corners that we might employ. Uh, but basically, from my standpoint, if there's somebody got a new technique or some technique that Kirby Smart or Will Muschamp hasn't used, uh, that guy right there could probably be on, uh, you know, Jeopardy or something. I mean, <laughs> he, he could win the final Jeopardy because uh, these guys know all – they know every trick in the book. But – I think just the fact that uh, bring in some recruiting in the Northeast is going to be invaluable going into those schools. He knows so many people up there already. And then bringing in uh, the young man from TCU who really has a lot of energy and replacing Lanning. And then uh, Stacy Searles has been here before. He knows the landscape. He knows our coaching staff. He knows these guys and he's fit in really well too. So, uh, and then, uh, so that that takes care of everybody. But uh, eight, but uh, um, Brian McClendon, Brian McClendon, who last but not least, but uh, Brian just fits right in. And the thing that Brian helps on too is special teams because we don't have a special teams coordinator per se since the situation happened with Cochran. You know, everybody's taking the role and, and filling in. And I think B Mac coming in here has really always been really special about 
teaching those gunners how to release. Let me just tell you something. It's a different ball game being a defensive back and lining up there as a gunner to cover a punt compared to a wide receiver. Because all you've ever done is jam a guy and try to keep him from getting downfield as a receiver. Now you got to get away from him exactly opposite of what you do in your technique. So you have to spend some time on it because it's pretty obvious. If you don't jam the gunners, you're not going to get much of a return because that's why these guys are so fast. And that's one of the things that Kirby pointed out to me that I didn't have any clue about how fast uh, scene was until he ran that really super time in the, uh, at the combine. But Kirby said he wasn't surprised because that's why they used him as a gunner. He's one of the fastest guys on our team. So, Hey, let's answer the phone here. All of us, we don't even know enough about our own team speed, but uh, <laughs> let me tell you something. That guy earned himself some money with that time and it's going to be exciting tomorrow. And I was talking to, to a friend of mine, you know, Hey, why do they have pro days? Let me tell you why they have pro days for John Kirkpatrick. These guys that didn't get to go to the uh, combine, every kid that's a senior, that's going to be a pro player doesn't get to go. So it's going to be good just from that standpoint, the, the exposure that these guys get. And you, you'll get to see Nicobe Dean and George Pickens actually do some position drill, drills tomorrow. I don't think a lot of these guys will run that ran such great times. They got nothing to gain. But, um, you know, I was over there at the football facility today, and I want to make sure to make a point about our new basketball coach here, and I don't want you to let me forget it, right? So – uh, I was just walking through there today uh, on my way over to the basketball, uh, uh, you know, induction ceremony where they were, uh, I guess not induction, they were Intr introductory. introductory. Introduction. Anyhow, man, walk through there and see George Pickens and Jordan Davis and uh, Cook. Uh, just from afar, I didn't get to speak to them, but I'm thinking to myself, these guys – these guys right here or Georgia Bulldogs getting ready to be pro players, and they're among the best in the country, and all three of them are standing together right here. Let's don't take that for granted. I'm just telling you, that's a pretty good feeling for me. And I used to know those kids when they're first starting out, so it's kind of a prideful thing. I know tomorrow when Kirby's over there with the uh, pro scouts and the pro coaches and the general managers and everybody that's going to be there, it's kind of like uh, – you know, graduation day for your, your kids or your, uh, you know, these guys are going to come up to you, these coaches, and they're going to have a lot of uh, good comments. But it, the, the main thing is going to, they're just going to say, hey, coach, you've done a good job training these guys. And that from a standpoint of hearing it from your peers, I mean, he doesn't care uh, about a lot of plaudits or anything like that. But when, you know, all of a sudden, tomorrow, Belichick or somebody comes over, hey, boy, this is a really good room full of players. But more than that, some really good kids. And that's what we got. We got some good kids. Now I want to just take a time to say that I, I feel like that Josh Brooks had a tough situation there. I hate that for Coach Crean. I hate for anybody to lose a job. But when you make a move, you make a move. And he made it swiftly, and he did a good job of looking around the country. And – I'm excited about what Mike White brings to the table. I've always uh, been impressed with the White family. I knew his dad when he was the AD, actually, at Boston College because he called me about maybe taking that job when Tom Coughlin left. Uh, 
So I, I think that uh, he got a good, you know, his can't hold it against him because his brother's the AD at uh, Tennessee. But uh, he, he's uh, it's a good family. They've been around athletics, and you watch him up there in front of everybody today. A good support cast. Everybody was out. There. A lot of people. Uh, a lot of good students and everything. But you know, he's got a young family. Four four good uh, looking kids and. One of the best lines I've heard was, uh, I think somebody said, "What? how did you explain it to your kids? What did you say when you said you're moving from Florida to uh, Georgia? And what did they say? And he said, well, the first thing they said is, what are we going to do with our Florida gear? <laughs> Which I thought was a good line. And uh, they certainly had some Georgia gear on pretty quickly, though. They looked good. And I had a chance to just meet him for a second. And uh, he's the kind of guy that, you know, you, you want to make, I wanted it good for Crean. I wanted it good for Tubby. I wanted it good for anybody. They're, they're our coach. So let's all get behind them. And uh, I feel good about that we're going to do whatever is necessary to maybe make that next move. And you got to get some players. But uh, he, he definitely did a good job at the press conference. Uh, uh, Dr. Moorhead was very enthusiastic in his support. And he made a good comment there that I thought I'll share with the fans that didn't hear it. Uh, uh, one of the of his colleagues at uh, Florida who has left and now is the emeritus president down there, Bernie Mackin, I think his name, sent him a personal note about Mike, and he shared that with everybody. And I thought that was pretty good coming from an ex-president to say uh, that he does things the right way and represents the university. And uh, Josh Brooks just on fire today, standing up there in front of everybody, being the kind of AD is going to give them good support. So let's make it happen. Let's see if we can get that basketball program back where it needs to. If anybody wants to see the full remarks from Georgia's new basketball coach, uh, you can do it at our YouTube channel. We have the introductory uh, at segment Coliseum that coach is talking about, but then also interview with media afterwards. So subscribe to our YouTube page. If you want to check that out with, uh, with Mike White coach, I didn't want to mention with the combine, I did see a report about James cook. Um, pro day is what I'm talking about. Uh, we were talking combine James cook, apparently according to Taylor Bashotti from the NFL network, who's also a UGA and Grady college alumna. Uh, she's reporting that James cook is going to be doing some receiver drills at pro day, which I think that's pretty common with some running backs, but he, he seems to be that hybrid kind of player at the next level. Yeah. I don't think that's really a, I mean, uh, give him credit for he maybe a little scoop, but, it's pretty obvious that he can line up wide. I mean, you saw him do that several times in big games and make big plays out of it, and he can line up in the slot. And uh, he's got tremendous ball skills. I mean, there's no nobody that can bring that to the table that can run that fast and run that tough inside. I, I think that's really a real plus for him that puts him in elite care category because a lot of people say, well, is he a third down back? What we mean by that – is he a third down linebacker? What that means is, can you run the pass patterns? Can you pick up the blitz pickup that you got to do blocking protection? And as a linebacker, can you cover these guys uh, when they're when they're throwing the ball in your nickel defenses? So, guys like Nicobe, uh, Shannon, Shannon Tindall, uh, uh, Quay Walker, they're third down linebackers. They can cover. They can do all that, and they can certainly play first and second down. And I think. Uh, Zeus has really improved. Uh, White can be a third down back too because he's so effective in blitz pickup because of his power. 
but he really developed under Todd Munkin and Dell McGee his ball skills. So both those guys got really good up uptake as far as their draft status and their speed really helps them too. We had some uh, other clips there. There's a lot of stuff going on today with the uh, press conferences going on with uh, Kirby Smart and the Mike White press conference. And uh, hit us up with another one of those clips, Dane, if you would. Yeah, we have Kirby Smart talking about quarterbacks for guys kind of at different places in the program uh, and then what George is planning on doing to get those guys as much work as possible. Four of those guys are in different spots. I mean, you can go all the way from Gunner just getting here to Stetson being 23, 24 years old and having seen a lot of football. So they're, they're in different spots, all four, guy, four guys. The biggest challenge for us for the spring is to get reps and develop because we don't have the depth at the skill positions, receiver and defensive back and even tight end, to be able to do some of the things we like to do practice-wise. So we're trying to be innovative, creative in the way we practice because uh, quarterback development is critical. So basically he says that uh, they don't have enough wide receivers and cornerbacks to, I guess, uh, well, they call it two-spot coach where you got uh, two sets of drills going on at the same time. So he's a little thin, but he wants to get everybody reps because he says, and this is something I would like you also to point out, when the season gets here and it's a Monday before you have a game that coming Saturday, Monday's not a Wild West, every job's up for grabs type day, nor is Tuesday, nor is Wednesday. You're preparing for that game with your number one offense, and you're not moving the guys around a whole lot. But we we kind of have the idea that, well, Monday is all up, and you set the – you set your starters Friday before the game, and that's not quite how it works. So Coach was saying, look, spring is when you get everybody their shot. Everyone gets as many reps as possible, and he's a little frustrated that he doesn't have enough skill guys to give his, give all four quarterbacks as many reps as he would like. Yeah, I mean, you did a good job of explaining that. Uh, if you just envision two fields where you have 22 guys working uh, – yeah. And that's what we call two spot, one on one spot, one on the, the other spot. But if, if you don't have enough corners or enough receivers to put the whole 22 out there, then you have to, uh, as he said, uh, figure out different ways. One way to do that is what we call half line. So you put the ball on the half hash mark and you'll just do, say, the split inside and the and left guard and left tackle, put the ball on the left hash mark. And then the defense will put, you know, one of the linebackers or safety in the corner and a, a defensive end, the defensive tackle. So you're really going half line, but you're simulating a full line play because, but it's into the boundary. Then you might do the other side to the field and be a quarterback with a tight end, a guard tackle and a flanker. And you're going against a little bit more defense, but what you need are, are live bullets. I mean, there's nothing like throwing a ball against a secondary. That's why I'm not so fired up about these guys that have all these seven-on-seven seven stats because nobody's rushing the quarterback. I mean, you don't, you don't play you don't play football seven-on-seven. Seven. That, that's why Spencer Rattler's had a hard time. He, you know, he has a hard time rushing uh, at Oklahoma. He, he had a hard time with the rush, and he'll have a hard time at South Carolina with it because. He's a he's a rhythm passer and he throws on on rhythm and uh, so going live by that we don't necessarily have to put them on the ground the whole spring except for two scrimmages and the spring game G day we do what we call or they do what we call thud uh, 
uh, rhymes with crud, rhymes with bud, but it's thud, okay? And what happens is you go full speed, but you don't put them on the ground. Right. So everybody's blocking full speed. Everybody's tackling, napping them up, go to the whistle blows, and you're simulating as much contact as you can, but you don't put them on the ground. And the speed and quickness of the game is what you want to teach these younger guys. They're not used to this kind of uh, tempo. They're not used to this kind of uh, the way these guys practice here or the, or the talent that they've gone against. I mean, you're coming from a small school or, or IMG or whatever, you know, you're used to it. But all of a sudden, every single drill is like you're going against, you know, the gladiators. I mean, it's the – I mean, uh, Carter, I mean, you're offensive lineman, and it's, okay, let's go one-on-one against Carter. Okay, yeah, okay, Coach, I can't wait. But I'm just telling you, tough duty out there for a young lineman having to try to block that guy. And here's the thing about tomorrow, which I said to about maybe 10 of my friends, in spite of how good Walker is and Davis and all these guys on defense – the best player on our defense is going to be playing again next year for us. That guy. We, we know that's not true. That is not true. You don't have 10 friends. We know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know, but I'm just telling you. I don't have 10 friends. It's probably true. That's right. Uh, uh, I don't even have – I can't even use the word S on friends. So. <laughs> Uh, Coach can't use the plural of it. He I says this, but then ten head coaches will text him about the comments. Exactly. The draft. I had a couple guys today. I'm really I busted them. I got to tell you this: that I there's two or three guys in town that whatever I would tell them, they would believe. Okay, I'm just saying about as gullible as you can be. And I was over there today, and this one guy says to me, he "says What, Coach? That's good. I'm glad to see you over here at basketball for this." And I said, "Yeah, I need to get on over here." And he said. I said, I'm going to be the associate head coach for the new basketball team. And this guy's, really? <laughs> That's me. I'm taking, I'm going to tell old Mike how to bounce that ball, you know. But <laughs> I told two different people, and they both believed me for a second. Then I had to, but, but seriously, uh, let's get back. To, I'm doing way too much talking tonight. I'm talking What's your free throw percentage, coach? Mine? Yeah. Hey, if they had the three-point shot when I was playing, I would still be playing. (laughs) (laughs) For mine, it's like – That's one thing I could do is shoot. I mean, I wasn't much on defense, but I could shoot it. My goal was – the play was I wouldn't shoot it until they threw it inbounds to me. (laughs) That's that's considerate of you, Coach. That makes you a team-first guy. I appreciate that. Uh, speaking of team first, guys, can you uh, pull up that Kyrus Jackson note? And I want to talk a little bit about Kyrus Jackson. I'm, there's in the Buttsmere building, you have that plaque of uh, permanent coach, uh, permanent captains for each team. Here are the guys that at the end of the year were selected captains for their team. And I, I just got a gut feeling that somewhere along the line, Kyrus Jackson's name is going to wind up on that plaque. You know, Nolan is going to be on there at some point. We'll talk here from Nolan in just a second, but we we're just talking about the QBs. 
And let's uh, pull up uh, Kiris Jackson from earlier today. Uh, Nolan uh, actually pointed at that captain's thing and said he wanted to do it. Before, I, before I pull up the Kiaris thing, Roddy, I'm going to play a quick game with you leading into this. All right? all right. So you've been around a lot of Kirby Smart News conferences. You know the answer when any quarterback question is asked, right? So let's just uh, – I you be Kirby Smart. I'm going to ask you about quarterbacks. And we heard this a ton last year with Daniels and Bennett. But, um, hey, Coach, uh, just – seeing what the quarterback uh, situation looks like headed into spring. Um, how's that going to shake out? We're going to give them all an opportunity to win the job. Uh, it's way more than that. All right. <laughs> Here's what Kiara said. It's going to sound just like Kirby. Sure. It's a, it's a, it's a new season, you know, just I guess the best player going to play, whoever come out there, put the um, offense in the right position, the one who's going to make the right decisions, the one who's going to put the ball in the right guy's hand and just being a playmaker and being accountable for the whole offense is who's going who gonna to be the starter pretty much. I mean, we won a national championship last year, and we just got to continue to move forward. And can't let what we did last year define what we're going to do this year because it's a whole different team. Oh, that's a victory for sports communication. That's a victory. <laughs> I got a question for you. Okay. Does he know that JT's in the transfer portal? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like they're no, going back good. to the same was, talking points from last year. And that it's was like, good. That was good. But you, you got your I'm national sure. title. We're let, we're let whoever wants to win it. And we, we just got to keep. That's the only way Ronnie can say the grand poopah of rivals is the fact that he, he's got to go through that Stetson Bennett thing one more year. Just <laughs> yes. Really get him going. But uh, I, I really think. Stetson's going to have uh, staying healthy is going to be critical, but he's got a lot of weapons to work with. I mean, uh, there's not many teams that have one tight end like Bowers, but we've got Bowers, Washington, and Gilbert who can play outside. Bowers can play outside. I mean, I would just put those three out there and then tell the other couple guys of receiver, you got, you guys will get a shot, but we're going to play these three guys and then who else? <laughs> Hey, don't forget Oscar Delp's in town now, too. Who? Oscar Delp. Oh, yeah, that's another thing I forgot. I mean, I was worried about trying to figure out those 10 friends, and I forgot to mention <laughs> Oscar Delp. That's going to be tremendous for him yeah. to get all those reps. And he's he's really far – he's really uh, along and mature for a guy to uh, – and that opportunity is kind of like what Bowers had last spring – Great point. He took the thing and, and did a good job. But uh, some guys that just – I mean, I, I can't keep my train, but some guys that just get me fired up right now or and fans be ready for G-Day because I'm going to roll them out. Number six, Everett. Number 14 or 13, Mikel Williams. Uh, number 24, Malachi Starks. Number 11, uh, Walker. Number 27, Johnson. Uh, Duma, you know, those two tight ends, um, two uh, linebackers, Dumas and uh, Sori. I mean, uh, all these guys, just young studs. I'm talking about stallion guys who are just going to jump out there and get your mouth watering pretty quick. And, you know, doing we got guys like Nylon Green coming back, Kamari Wilson. All these guys got a lot of reps last year. Green didn't, but he got reps in practice. But, uh, and, you know, we got one of the best corners in, in college football over there in uh, Keely Ringo. So uh, we're, we're going to be really good in the secondary. That's pretty sure. 
Uh, before we get Coach Lost on another train of thought, I, would, I do want to hit a couple of our sponsors. So if you'll bear with me, Dane, there, I'd like to bring up our friends from over at Dead Soxie, if you've got a chance. I want to mention the, uh, the friends of Dead Soxie. If you sign up over there with – if you go to the website, you can get a free pair of the fantastic sock. You just become a VIP insider. You give them your first name, email, and boom, uh, you get a pair of socks. And I, and it's a smart play because if they give them to you, you're going to really, really like them. You're going to man, you're going to say these socks feel fantastic. They stay up. There's a million different uh, uh, styles. You know, if you're a fashion type person, me, I'm not fashion. I tend to get the black. They black uh, no-shows. I, I wear them when I do all my walking. Love them. But if you need them for uh, work and you need some more somber kinds, they have those. But if you want some of the more fancier versions, they have tons of them. But the reason they came to us as UGA Sports and they were with a bunch of other rival sites as well is because they have their college line. So they have the red and black for Georgia. They have the uh, blue for Ole Miss. They have the uh, purple and gold for LSU. And they have the ones for uh, Alabama as well. So Point being, if you want fantastic stock socks that stay up with their true state technology that are incredibly soft and look fantastic, you got to try them. I'm just telling you, they're bloody fantastic. I'll tell you what we're going to do is I'm going to go through that little uh, uh, system that we have at uh, UGA Sports. It's uh, Sumo, King Sumo or whatever. Where we've been able to give away a lot of stuff. And I'm going to give away some of the socks here and let folks know that, hey, you really got to try them. also want to mention our friends over at Athens Ford. Uh, I want folks, when you get a chance, swing by Athens Ford, go out there and look at the fact that they have hundreds of vehicles on the lot. Uh, I mean, if you're just driving by, you don't even have to stop in. Just drive by and look at their lot and realize that they actually have vehicles there. If you go by a bunch of other dealerships, there's nothing there. So if you actually are looking for vehicles, check out our friends at Athens Ford. They actually have some in stock. Right now, the prices on uh, used vehicles are through the roof. Same with new vehicles. The inflation is just really driving these things up. And a lot of that's due to scarcity. Well, when you have a ton of cars on the lot, you don't have to gouge people. You don't have to be a jerk when it comes to selling it because you know that, hey, these prices are going to go down and you want to take care of that customer, not only for this vehicle, but for the next vehicle. And that's what our friends at Athens Ford are doing. They're taking care of everybody, They're trying to keep the prices as low as possible. And they actually have stock that you can go out into the, uh, the lot there and find it. So hit our friends at Athens Ford. You will be very glad that you did so. All right, so we had mentioned Nolan Smith. Before right. you have a question, I got a question that just goes to show you what it's like to to be to have your own family and everything that that aren't really too much involved in UGA sports like I am. So I just got a text from my daughter in Oklahoma wanting to know if I was watching the Bachelor final. <laughs> Is it on the screen over there? Because we can turn this into a bachelor podcast, really. Hey, yeah, why, why do you keep doing this, Coach? Hey, that's pretty cool. You keep doing this while you're talking I, to us. I never watch it. I kid her about it, but I mean, I just thought that'd be a good question for everybody. <laughs> All right, hey, I, I, we're probably not going to break like five thousand viewers because of the bachelor things. Well, I didn't realize we were going up against that. Hey, we're going against that, but all right, let's get something here. We, I'm going nuts here. Roddy, uh, Rick Martin said, "Are you giving away a Ford too in the giveaway?" If I could, if I could. Yeah, if you do. That'd hey, be, Rick, that, that, that's, he's, he's got an idea. Yeah, you get, to, you get that 
YouTube channel up to about a hundred thousand, maybe he'll do it. Yeah, exactly. You guys get a hundred thousand dollars or a hundred thousand followers. We'll find we'll find the vehicle to give away. <laughs> uh, we were talking about Nolan Smith, and the question came to him today of how do you not get complacent? How do you have that same edge going into a new season? Great question. I think, I think fans are going to love his answer. Is the hunger a little bit less? I'm a senior. This is my last time that I'll be stepping on here in the campus at and wear this G. And I think after winning the national championship, I have more pride about this G. I have a lot. It means it means something to us, especially being a guy from here and doing that here. I wouldn't say it's going to be a complacency in me at all. I can tell you that right now. No hunger lost. He didn't look complacent. <laughs> I can just tell you this, around this uh, facility over there, that word will never exist because they got the hammer down. Everything they do is uh, full speed. And I hope some people got a chance to uh, look online about that new cafeteria, which is not a cafeteria, the new restaurant we have for the players, that, and they call it Bones just fantastic the way they put it together and just a tremendous amount of, of uh, imagination, but also very realistic and very comfortable. It looks like a sports bar and they got a chance to go outside and grill. But I just want to remind everybody, regardless of what area you are and uh, whatever capacity you are, morale is a, a very key, very key to being successful. If you feel good about yourself, if you feel good about who you're working for, if you feel good about what you're eating, about what you're wearing and all that, you just got so much better chance of being happy as compared to, compared to griping about, you know, well, I can get this. this I, there's not many things they can't find over there at that place to, to help them be the best they can be. So, But that's just kind of the caveat. And then the new meeting room is just uh, – like, uh, I mean, it's spectacular. Uh, those seats are wide enough for Jordan Davis to probably put a date beside him. I mean, they're <laughs> really, big, really big. And uh, they can, uh, you know, they got all these effects and everything they can use to, uh, you know, to help them out a little bit as far as, you know, whatever needs to be done. It's just a, outstanding. Then they got their own little uh, meeting rooms. And the coach's locker room, I mean – Golly, I remember when coaches used to fight for one shower over here because the other two didn't work. But I'm talking, <laughs> this, this, this place is Taj Mahal. I mean, they've got a steam room in there. they got a hot and cold tub in there just for the coaches. I guess the coaches get a little sore too, but, I mean, it's very well put together. Well, if you see Glenn Schumann running around in the middle of summer wearing that full sweatsuit that he does every day, yeah, you need yeah. to – he needs something, or he he, he might die. So. Yeah, he can go in that cold tub, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> very well put together. But let's get yeah, some I, get some more questions there, Dane. Before we do that, Dan, I want to mention the fact that Kirby Smart said something I thought was very important when he talked about the fit of the coaches. And you've mentioned this numerous times, Coach Donnan, when he talks about bringing guys on the staff. So there's a lot of coaches out there, but these guys have to come in and fit and be together. And you're like, okay, well that makes sense, you know. But he also mentioned that it was the same for the athletes that you had last year. And he said, look, when you, have, you can have a bunch of great athletes, but they have to have that uh, cohesion. And he talked about the fact that, you know, LSU had those great athletes that were all together. They were, you know, the same with Alabama the year before. A ton of great athletes who were 
together. And you saw that after um, uh, Trayvon Walker ran the 40 up in uh, uh, Indianapolis. You know, three different guys came over to hug his neck, you know, stopped what they were doing because those guys are really tight. They're back in Athens for Pro Day tomorrow. As you pointed out earlier, they're hanging out together. This was a team that had their, their cohesiveness, you know, their unity off the charts, and they made themselves more than the sum of the parts. And you can see that Coach Smart, was he's looking for that today. And the reason yeah. I bring this up is because when you have a Nolan Smith guy like that, you know, uh, Kirby was asked about, you know, do you, are you on that microphone more, you know, are you calling people out all the time during practice? He, says, he said last year he wasn't on it nearly as much as he had been years prior because when you have N'Kobe Dean calling guys out, when you have Trayvon Walker calling guys out, you don't have to worry about it as much. And so uh, seeing uh, Nolan there, knowing that he's not going to allow for any complacency. We spoke to Zion Logue, who when by Kirby Smart's on a mission, when he came in, he wasn't going to classes. He wasn't doing what he was supposed to do, but he's uh, straightened up, you know, and has realized what it takes to get into it. So they're fighting for that same continuity and leadership. And that, I think that's going to be one of the big things that comes out this spring is, you know, who are these leaders? And yeah, no, and I think one know. thing that happened last year because of COVID and because everybody had to explore different avenues of how to, uh, even practice, much less yeah. uh, meet and everything. So you really didn't get that connectivity to your team because, you know, you, you were such isolated groups, you know, the backs that weren't around the linemen and, and vice versa and all that. So because of that, they spent an inordinate amount of time this last off season spending in, in, in these special small groups trying to get to know your own teammates. It's not like a basketball team where you have 12, 14 players. You got 85 players plus walk-ons. It's 120 players. So you need to get to know your, your fellow teammates and make them what makes them tick because everybody's not from the same socioeconomic background and whatever it might be. But you, you do a better job of understanding why that guy might not be as happy about certain things as you are. But maybe he doesn't have – near the background you do. So he hadn't been up, brought up like you have. And you, you you get out and you meet with each other and you talk about these issues. So, And that's the way you build leadership. I've always felt like to have leadership, you got to have followership. You got to have people that want to follow you and emulate you and you set the standards and you're going to go with them. Uh, and no matter what, what happens, you're going to back them, you know, and, that's why I always talked about the, the, a really good quarterback is one that everybody on the team, and you hear about these guys stepping in the huddle and say, hey, we got to have it, or Tom Brady, whoever it might be, this last minute. You know, you just feel like it's going to happen, and you make it happen because you believe in them. And sometimes it doesn't, but most of the time it does because if you expect to be successful, you're usually going to do a lot better than worrying about here we go again and, I thought our team really exemplified that last year when the when we were really against the ball and Stetson stepped in there and we just took over that in the third quarter and then fourth quarter. It was really impressive. I agree 100%. Hey, we should mention a bit of roster management news because about uh, two hours before we started this broadcast, Owen Condon, backup offensive lineman, announced that he is going into the transfer portal. And offensive line, really the whole group, is one that I think we expect some more attrition, or at least we did uh, after last season, uh, just for the volume of guys that are in there. Guys are going to be seeking playing time, so Owen Condon will be transferring. I, I yeah. doubt he'll be the only one. Yeah, here's the point about Owen. I'm, I'm telling you now, 
he's from Oklahoma. He came in here from Oklahoma City, went to Bishop McGinnis High School. His mom went to school at Georgia. He's a Georgia Bulldog through and through. Things didn't work out for him, not so much about his own ability, but he was going against some really stallion guys. I mean, you look at uh, Wilson and Thomas, and now now all of a sudden McClendon and and uh, Salyer and all these guys. I mean, it's just hard to penetrate that lineup. So, uh, And academically, he's been outstanding, and he's got a chance to go somewhere and play for two years and get his master's degree. Uh, more power to I mean, I'm, I'm happy that, that that's going to make him happy. And if you just think about you, anybody you're involved with, you're, you're a lot happier if you're playing. I mean, you don't want to – you know, some people are just content to be a backup. But he, he's good enough to play in a lot of places, and I hope it works out for him. And he deserves that uh, championship ring just like all the guys that played a lot. I mean, he, he worked on the scout team as, as an early guy, then he hurt his shoulder. And uh, I'm impressed with the quality of kid that that guy is. He's, he's not a kid. He's a young man. But yeah. more power to, to Owen Kahn, and I hope it all works out for him. I know I know Owen pretty well. He's a damn fine guy. So very excited about him. And we've heard the same thing about uh, Georgia's new basketball coach. I'll mention him in a second. Uh, everybody that I've spoken to just say he is one of the nicest human beings you'll ever run across. I'm like, it's got Ted Lasso or what? I mean, they just uh, <laughs> everyone just – they just talk about what a fantastic guy he is and how uh, uh, above board he is and how, uh, how much they love him. So, so that's why Josh Brooks hired him because he gets some biscuits and, and on his Josh desk Brooks every morning. Home, yeah. <laughs> uh, I do want to mention our friends over at Academic, Academia Brewing Company. Uh, this coming Thursday at 7 o'clock, they have a, a St. Patrick's Day stand-up comedy show. And they've been doing a lot of comedy shows over there. They always have some fun stuff going on during the week. Uh, got a bunch of local comedians and great beer. It's the tickets are only 10 bucks. So you get to go to a, uh, a great comedy show in Athens with fantastic beer, fantastic food this coming Thursday for 17 bucks. I mean, for $10. So March 17th, 10 bucks. Can't miss it. Uh, it's a fantastic uh, evening. I've seen some of the fun stuff they do out there. Some of the live music they have uh, every Thursday. Um, they have game nights, you know, uh, always putting out new beer. So check out our friends at Academia Brewing Company. Uh, let them know we sent you. Heck, this weekend, just go out there for the beer and biscuit brunch. Got to try that one time and uh, let me know what you think of it. And speaking of food, I would be remiss to, if I didn't tell you about Pie Day. Now, we've mentioned this, you know, we mentioned it for years that, you know, March 14th is, you know, 314. That's pie. And our friends at Your Pie always have some huge discount. Well, right now for Pi Day, and yet, granted, yesterday was Pi Day. Yesterday was 314. Today's the 15th. Tomorrow's the 16th. But they do it for three days. So you get $3.14 off of a 10-inch pizza. So take the price, cut off $3.14. You can do that yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So if you didn't do it Monday, you didn't do it today, you can still do it tomorrow. Hit any of the your pie locations and get three dollars and fourteen cents off of one of their ten uh, inch pies. Can't beat it. Get it the exact way you want it. Order it on the app. And get points and get free pizza, free salads, free sandwiches, free gelato, free breadsticks, all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, I'm looking to see if we have uh, some questions here. Uh, from our YouTube and Facebook audiences. While you're doing uh, that, I want to touch on um, Coach White. You, know, we, you said we had the whole uh, press uh, press conference over there. Uh, I noticed 
that uh, Jerry Moorhead and uh, Josh Brooks said that that was their first guy. That was the guy that they wanted. They and I, I, we, we mentioned this on the board. We found out last Wednesday that of all the guys they were looking at, and, they, and there was a long list. It was a really long list. They wound up interviewing four. Um, he was one of them. That's the one they went with. But right off the bat, that was one of the guys they signaled, sing, singled out. They're like, we like all these guys, but here's one that we think is really going to be that guy. Not saying that was the only one, but early in the process, that was one of the guys they thought would have a huge impact at Georgia. When they reached out to him, he jumped at the chance to leave Florida and come to Athens. Says a lot about his uh, business decision making right there. I kid Florida fans, don't send me all your hate mail. But point being, uh, he came in, did his interviews, blew him away in the interviews. And uh, his vision for what Georgia basketball could be going forward looks to be very sharp. So he came in with a plan. He impressed the uh, Moorhead and Brooks. And now he's your uh, new coach at UGA. So it'll be very interesting to see what he does uh, when it comes to recruiting in the state of Georgia. He's obviously been a strong recruiter. He's landed a lot of five-star and four-star players at Florida. He's, he's in a talent-rich state. A lot of AAU uh, basketball coaches here are going to be wanting, you know, waiting to see when he comes to their gym. And from what I've seen, this is a guy who does great work, a great job recruiting not only the players, but having a good relationship with the coaches at the high school level and those AAU travel ball teams. So, uh, well, here's the thing that you can talk about the, some of the Florida people wanting him gone and all that. I mean, it, it, maybe they did, but at the same time, a, a man has to look out for his professional welfare and his family. I know in my case, I felt like I had three years left on my, my contract and uh, I had two really good job offers and I didn't take either one of them uh, because I felt like I had a good job where I was. But in his case, you know, he looks like maybe one year away from maybe not, not finishing it up like he wanted to. And this gives him a fresh start. He knows the league. He's coached against Cal. He's coached against Pearl. He knows the ins and outs of this state. It reminds me a lot of Shaka Smart, at, at, uh, who was a great coach at Virginia Commonwealth, and he was everybody in the country wanted him, kind of like uh, Coach uh, White was when he was at Louisiana Tech. He had a lot of people looking at him, and he went to Florida. Well, Shaka Smart went to Texas. Things didn't work out quite so much, and they decided, to, you know, he had some job offers, and he took that one at Marquette, and now he's got them rolling up there. He got a new coach at Texas, so – there's nothing wrong with uh, with uh, leaving a place, uh, and regardless of why you leave it, uh, people leave upward mobility, downward mobility, sideways. But uh, it's usually not in the same conference. But there's nothing wrong with doing that. So uh, I know this that uh, this guy's won a lot of games. He comes from a foot, from a basketball family. He knows a lot about athletics, and uh, he's he's a really good. Uh, for the community too, and uh, he pl- replaced a really unbelievable coach in Billy Donovan. It's hard to go in there and give him the same kind of look that Billy did right off the bat. And but he, he's going to be a guy. Hey, regardless, just just remember this, dog bent people. He's our coach. Come hell or high water, he's the guy we got. Let's make it. Make give him everything we got. That's that's one of the reasons I went over there today. Hey, I'm, I'm behind whoever's coaching here. Whatever sport, I'm behind them. 
I'm always surprised about how small these coaching and athletic director circles are. Because even when I was trying to see, well, does Josh Brooks and, and Mike White have any crossing paths at this point? And Coach, you just mentioned, you know, White's family and, and have the connections that you do. But you go back to 2016, Josh Brooks is the associate AD at Louisiana Monroe the same year that Mike White is the head coach at Louisiana Tech. You look on a map, those two schools are like 30 miles apart. So yeah, surely true. they know each other and cross paths. True. So we got any more. Uh, can I go out to that uh, St. Patrick's Day and do uh, an Irish thing? Yeah, come on. I'm not going to Seven o'clock. You head out there. I'll tell you what, you uh, start off with some uh, one-liners, some jokes, and I'll finish off no, with some Irish no, drinking songs. I just got to – I got to tell my Irish joke. I tell it about every three years, but maybe I'll tell it tonight because it's uh, – <laughs> uh, but let's get this last thing, a couple questions. Here. All right, let's hit this last question, and this is going to kind of have some tentacles to it, so it can be our last one before your uh, jokes. So uh, don't read on – don't tread on me is uh, the question from YouTube. Don't tread on me. What players uh, do you think have the best chance to be the starters on the line to replace Jordan Davis, uh, Trayvon Walker, and Devontae Wyatt? So I'm going to just ask you to, like, throw the names out there for multiple positions that are in the running because when you look at the NFL draft, you're looking at running back for Georgia, defensive line for Georgia, inside linebacker for Georgia. That could all be shifted this coming year because a lot of guys to replace. Who's going to replace them? Well, I think Dumas Thomas going to be – and Sorry right off the bat right there at linebacker. Then the D-line, you know, you got a lot of – so many of them. Uh, you got Carter already and then – a lot of these guys, I mean, I really like that that, that guy that can run so good. Uh, what's the name, Roddy, the one that ran the 100? Uh, I can't even think of his name. I saw him over there the other day. He like, weighs about 290. But, but uh, running back, obviously, Milton and uh, and uh, Kenny Mack, uh, both are going to be really good. Edwards, too. Uh, what other positions did you mention? That was the three. I think that's where the most attrition is. Obviously, tight end. Uh, is going to have availability in spring, like we talked yeah, about. Yeah, where you got Delp helping those other two, and those other two are, are manageable. They can do do a lot of things. I mean, see there and Goody. Uh, yeah, Goody, Goody just needs to be healthy. I mean, he's got. I mean, he. They need yeah, to call him. They need to call him Doctor Kildare. I mean, he's ever had every injury in the history of the of the deal. Did y'all ever watch Doctor Kildare back in the day? How far is back in the day? That, that's that was a long time ago. You weren't even born. Man. That's what that's what I was asking. So that answer is no it was, for me. It was a good show. <laughs> uh, all right, you want to wrap with your St. Patrick's joke? So, Doctor Quinn. Yeah, you got Doctor Quinn, medicine man, <laughs> medicine woman. I mean, medicine woman from back in the day. Yeah, it had to be a medicine woman for you to watch it. That's right. hey, what else we got to tune in? Yeah. Well, anyhow. Uh, People can just shut the show off and don't need to listen to me make an idiot out of myself. But I, I do like St. Patrick's Day, and I do like Irish jokes. But there were these two Irishmen in this bar up in in Boston, and they were kind of having a few pops, you know, and drinking. And the one said, where you be from, laddie? He said, well, I'm from Ireland. He said, well, I'm from Ireland, too. He said, where are you from? He said, the south side. The south side. I'm from the south side, too. Where did you go to school, laddie? Oh, I went to Jackson Technology. Jackson Technology. I went to Jackson Technology. What year did you graduate? 1976. 1976. Two guys in Boston, right here in Boston, Mass. 
from Jackson Technology. Unbelievable. We're here in the same room. And about that time, a guy comes in and uh, sees the bartender and says, hey, Charlie, what's going on? He said, well, it's a pretty quiet night, but the O'Brien twins are back there drunk again. <laughs> Dude, you told me this and I forgot it. <laughs> it's a same type of joke, so hey. Oh, I love it. I love it. You know, guys drunk about every four weeks, but they figure it out. But uh uh, that was stupid of me to do it, but I got to do it once in a while. I don't get out. I love it. I love that joke. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. I love a good Irish drinking song too. I know way too many of them. Tried to been uh, trying to be adopted by the Irish, you know. And the Irish actually like the Palestinian people. They 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 get it. They 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 understand the uh, animosity we might have towards the uh, British every once in a while. But uh, yeah, a lot of alcohol flowing in both of those well, groups. Yeah, we 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 both get it. But the thing is, I love everybody about the, like. We got G Day coming. What April seventeenth or what is it? Uh, April sixteenth, I believe. Sixteenth. Hey, we we got G Day this weekend. Arch Man coming to town. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be April sixteenth. Hey, it's going to be something now with that visit. Everybody's yeah. going to be ready for that kid. And we're uh, doing right right for that. You know, he'll be in Texas too. So that's uh, two of your. Yeah, he'll go to Texas and he'll see what all that's about. Just ask him how many times they put any guys in the pros lately or how many times they won. <laughs> when they, but seriously, they did beat us in that bowl game. They'll talk about that. But uh, there's a little clip on uh, Twitter that's got Arch Manning's top ten plays, and people should go on there and look at it. I mean, it shows him running to his left and throwing the ball. Shows him running to his right and throwing across his body, running to his left and flipping the ball like a shovel pass, a long run, a couple runs where he trucks people. I mean, he, he's the real deal. I, I mean, heard he was overrated, Coach. Who told you that? <laughs> no, that's was, that the, was that one of the O'Brien twins? <laughs> <laughs> yes. They were drunk. <laughs> Well, one Man. said he's number one, one said he's overrated. So this guy is not overrated. I saw him live last he's summer. Not. I saw him live last summer, and as soon as I watched him, I got on my phone and I texted my son because I always text him when I see a good quarterback. I text him when I saw Ben Roethlisberger warming up before the uh, GMAC Bowl back in 20 years ago when he was playing against somebody, and I was doing the game on ESPN and. I said, this guy's going to be unbelievable in the pros. And, of course, everybody can figure that out. It wasn't just, but, you know, you just watch that guy throw those missiles back there and how big he was. Arch man and can't miss. Well, he'll be in town this weekend along with a bunch of other guys. Uh, we saw that there's a um, uh, there was a couple of wide, uh, wide receiver target in today and some other recruits are already in town. So uh, every just about every day they have practice. They've got kids coming through that they are checking, you know, they get to – spend some time with the uh, director of operations. They get to spend time with the uh, G- GAs, the assistant coaches and stuff like that. Recruiting, recruiting uh, office, those ladies there do a great job. They do. On so, them everything. And so when we, we're getting ready to leave tonight. I just want to give you one number. All right. 23. Everybody watch 23 this spring. set. he's going to be a really good receiver for us. Quick. I'm talking about this guy's going to help us. I'm glad we got him. I didn't know a whole lot about him until I started studying a little bit. But uh, watch him. 
and Arian Smith's back out there. He's, he's not ready to go. Uh, I heard he was going to be back out there, but I don't know for sure. But uh, well, no, you're right. Kirby Smart did say that he has a um, he is doing some stuff with the team. He will get some practice in a lot more than say a Tate Radledge who's still coming back or taking right, some got, some got, ACL. Hey, but this is a guy who will get some practice snaps. Hey, we got Tate coming back, and and that'll really help us. But what, what we can talk about those thud practices if if a guy's got an injury like that. He can do thud because he can avoid, you know, he can go full speed, but he can avoid the contact. And, and if they say, so a lot of times you'll see when we have a scrimmage on Saturday and some of these uh, people go the, that are invited and they'll see a guy in a black jersey out there during the scrimmage, but the black jersey is a connotation that you can't have, you can't have contact and hit the ground, but you can do everything else. Like last spring, Keely Ringo went through like two scrimmages because he had a concussion, but he got the coverage skills and the play-by-play fast stuff, but he just couldn't have the contact. So that's one good thing about, I think the the, the NCAA and everybody, uh, coaches had a tendency in the spring to have too much contact because you're worried about, weren't worried about a game, you know, you were just, you know, if the guys slam them together, see what happens. Yeah. Rationalize a little bit. Hey, well, you know, if they do get hurt, but now they really protect the players, and I like that. So uh, uh, we're going to have a heck of a team. I mean, we got some guys that are just athletic. I guarantee you, those four new coaches that are here, they're probably not moved in here. They're probably <clears throat> staying over at one of these local hotels. Every night when they – right before they go to bed, they go up and look in the mirror and say, you got to be shitting me. <laughs> I mean, that's just all they can say. Hey, they, they, and then they got a song playing "Pennies from Heaven" for them. I mean, <laughs> these guys walked into a freaking gold mine. They did. So that's a uh, loaded team. It is the uh, today was first day of practice. Uh, tune in next week. We will hopefully have some more. Uh, some more. We'll finally get some. Um, maybe some of the little tidbits of practice will leak out. Hopefully, we'll get to see something Thursday. They practiced uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. That will be the schedule. I am going to defend Kirby a little bit on that line. Hmm? I am going to defend Kirby and Claude Felton and Josh Brooks and all. I, I think that they wanted to encourage everybody to go over there and be involved in the new coaches' introductory press conference and maybe not be around the football team like they normally are because of where they coincided with practice. That's what I think. Yeah. Then Josh should have done it yesterday. He'd had a lot more people there. Hey, well, I know you're going to find something wrong. With I'm going to bust on Josh Brooks whenever I can. Cause hey, uh, but hopefully they'll let you watch him. Yeah. Hope, but that's, that's the thing. Hopefully we'll get to watch a little bit of practice. Uh, when they already said Saturday's closed, but hopefully we'll get to see something Thursday. And then when we have our show next Tuesday at noon, unless Kirby wants to talk next Tuesday at noon, but uh, if not, we have our show, we will be able to give you some tidbits from practice, what we're hearing, some stuff like that, and get ready for the 2022 version of the defending national championship Bull, Georgia Bulldogs. So uh, be sure to get your questions ready for next week, and we will see you next Tuesday. Take care. <laughs>